Welcome to Leicester United We Stand podcast. United are out of the FA Cup, having lost, been outplayed by Leicester City. 3-1, and that feels very, very disappointing. I thought the FA Cup was well worth winning this year. And I think there were a lot of concerns when the team was announced, with Bruno and Luke Shaw out. But that's not unusual for there to be concerns quite often. People who have the doubts are proved wrong, but, but not today, not against a team as good as that. A team who uh, only a point behind United in, in the Premier League, got a very good manager, got some very good players, I think showed they dominated the midfield. I'm not going to be too long talking now, don't feel great to be honest, just felt rough today. And I've been on the road all, all week, I was in Madrid to watch them play against um, Atalanta and, and, and go through. And then I flew over to to Milan. I had three days in Milan. Milan was in lockdown, so it was like going into a ghost city. I've done that quite a lot in the last last year. So you end up filling out loads of paperwork, having loads of COVID tests. I had a COVID test on Monday at five pm, Tuesday at ten past five, Tuesday at seven pm, and then I wasn't even needed to show it when I went into Italy. So. Italy was good. Um, I did actually start this podcast uh, walking away from the San Siro, but I got interrupted. I'll, I'll play that in just after this bit. And then um, the, the, the day of the Milan match, I literally had no, nowhere to go to. And normally I would, if I'm in Milan, I'd normally meet Emmanuel um, Vidic, do an interview with him. I tried to interview Ashley Young, but I hadn't heard back from that. Everything was really complicated because. The city was in lockdown. People can't meet people face to face. For the Milan game, well, it's a top result. And United through to Granada. Uh, you've got a fancy United against Granada. We don't know whether the game will be able to be played in, in Andalusia in Spain. At the moment, British teams are not allowed to go to Spain. So Spanish teams are disadvantaged, such as Real Sociedad in the Europa League, they had to move that game to Turin where they got hammered. I'm sure they would have felt more comfortable at home. Uh, Granada have been a success story in, in recent years. They've come up from the second division. It's not a big football city. Uh, they've got a nice ground. It holds about 18,000. It's a really beautiful um, city. Uh, the manager was Unai Emery's um, number two at Sevilla. I actually met him a couple of years ago when I watched Sevilla's B team play. And... He's very popular among Granada fans, mixture of local boys and players who've been been brought in. That Granada even made it into Europe was a big, big success and they're, they're on the fringes um, to go into it again. So it'll be the biggest game in, in their, their history. They're not a team who plays in Europe, but, but there's a big but there and the boys at Manchester United, A, might not even be coming to town and B, there's almost certainly going to be no no fans there. There was a little bit of talk in Spain about some fans being allowed back after Easter. But I think it's improbable. Rates are rising across Europe, though not yet in Spain. But we'll do Granada in more depth in, in the forthcoming weeks. In Milan, um, the United thought that Milan would press them harder, be, be more intense and put more pressure on the defence than actually happened. United was set up for that. So United were pretty uh, poor in the first half. Again, uh, there's a lack of goals in the team. There's not a prolific striker. United have not had a prolific striker for a long time. 
and just when I was researching some previous Milan games, I was thinking Crespo. You know, when did United last have a Crespo? Someone who scores so many United's top scorers, Bruno, by a long way. But in San Siro, which is such an amazing stadium, even when it's empty, uh, United prevailed. Paul Pogba came on, scored after after three minutes. Really good goal combined with Bruno Zlatan Ibrahimovic was all hot air United easily contained him the defence was excellent Lindelof was excellent Dean Henderson was good you could hear him up in the stands and went through against Milan so United have not out AC Milan and Real Sociedad now two, two teams who would have been among the favourites to win the Europa League now given that I'm speaking after Leicester that Europa League to me becomes even more important because I think it's and I've maintained this throughout. United should try and win every competition they enter, um, be it League Cup, FA Cup, Europa League. Does make a difference. Uh, fans were to be allowed back for a final in Gdansk, that would be a massive high to finish the season. Although that seems quite fanciful at the moment, but why not hope? Why not be optimistic about about the future? And going out the FA Cup, well, that was just a blow. Um, not not starting. With Bruno, with Luke Shaw, I, I do know that there's a feeling within the club that the squad uh, is not strong enough to compete um, every three or four days to this level and be winning all the time. The squad isn't as strong as Manchester City's, which I think w- we all know. And Oli's not the manager that Pep Guardiola is, which is, is an issue among United fans. I've always been supportive of Oli. I've always maintained he's doing a good job. At some point, that's got to become a great job. And second place finish this season in the Europa League, I think that will be a successful season. But the FA Cup was another chance there. And when that draw was made at half-time against Southampton... Uh, you're thinking at least City can't knock United out of the FA Cup this year but no the second half performance at Leicester was as poor as the first half the midfield was particularly static not for the first time in recent weeks um, Fred probably had his worst game in a United shirt Nemanja Matic didn't didn't add much Harry Maguire was wobbly in defence Dean Anderson conceded three don't think he could have done much about any of them Anthony Martial alone and isolated up front he's had a really poor season and didn't get much um, much service and he was very good in the derby a few weeks ago but still look at the figures Mason Greenwood scored he needed that he's not been scoring enough I think that was his first goal since Liverpool in the FA Cup but frustrates me that knocking out Liverpool and overcoming Liverpool although it sounds grander than the reality at the moment it all comes to nothing because Leicester have not United out in the in the sixth round so I think Holly in cup competitions now what it is six round against Wolves in his first season, semi final against Chelsea, six round against Leicester. There's a danger United just becoming nearly men. I think it's clear that United need to strengthen again this summer. I spoke to Richard Arnold on my way back from Milan on Friday. Uh, it wasn't an in depth interview, just. 15 minutes talking about the sponsorship deal and he, he gave quite a a realistic appraisal of United having come through and still in tough financial times but relative to other clubs are in a, a strong position I think all fans want to know is who's coming in the summer how much money will be available but the, the team viewer 
sponsorship um, was definitely seen as a, as a plus slightly down on the Chevrolet one like last time but then I remember at the time even the most cynical United watchers were going how on earth have Manchester United got that amount of money out of Chevrolet so uh, Arnold was also optimistic about fans coming back of course he doesn't control that but the, the, the signs are quite encouraging for next season maybe even the end of, of, of this season and we could have said maybe even for the FA Cup semi-final or the FA Cup final, but no, no, no. And I, that's re- really disappoints me. I think the FA Cup is a very important thing in Manchester United's history. And it should be taken seriously. I don't get into hammering Ollie about his cup comments the other day. I don't think he meant them with the intention that cups are not worth winning. I think, look at the teams he's put out. I can remember being at Goodison in the... The Carabao quarterfinal and getting the lineup early, and the first reaction was that um, why is Bruno starting? You know, this is only the Carabao Cup, so he's he's played players uh, throughout in in cup competitions, and he's played slightly weaker teams. He's given Donny Van de Beek started in every FA Cup game. Has he stood out? Not really. I thought he was pretty poor against Watford, against Leicester. He did bits, but nowhere near enough. I think there's there's a clamour for people to say give him chances, and that's fair enough because players deserve a run in the team. But it's chicken and egg. He's got to deliver when he gets a chance and doesn't stand out when he does get a chance. And I, I hear arguments rocking back and forward. Um, he needs more time. Yeah, maybe he does. Um, he's used to playing in a system. He's a system footballer. He's played in the Ajax system all the time. Okay, fine. But he doesn't play for him anymore. He plays for United. And at some point, he's got to stand out. Now, Frankie de Jong, who also played for Ajax, he he joined Barca and he had a pretty poor season and he's become one of Barca's best players in his second season. So maybe we can hope for that. It's probably a better example than saying Fred, who had a bad poor season and then was much better in his second because Fred against Leicester is, uh, was a bit of a horror show. As bad as Fred against, against PSG. So... I'll lead you into the original start of this podcast. <laughs> Slight disruption. And shame I couldn't get any of the colour in, in, in Milan and the noise because there wasn't much. And then into a, a deeper chat, which I found interesting, um, in a flat very close to San Siro, just ahead of, of the game. I'll be back and we'll do another podcast next week. Uh, oh, it's International Week now, isn't it? Oh, no. I hope there's not a hangover now for two International Weeks because United's game before it has been a poor one but I fear that may be the case just living in San Siro AC Milan nil, Manchester United 1 that's a cracking scoreline by any stretch Manchester United are through to the last eight of the Europa League some pricks coming past on a moped fucking knobhead and um, apologies for my French. Um, one goal scored by Paul Pogba. Jesus, all happening here. Harry's, Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were fed up with overpriced razors, started Harry's to fix shaving. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they brought their own factory in Germany, and that's been making blades for over 100 years. They've now released their sharpest ever blades, 
and added a new lubricating strip for an even closer, more comfortable shave. The best part? Replacement blades are still as little as £1.75 each. Harry's support great causes too, to give 1% of their global sales to non-profit organisations that provide mental health care to men in need. Do you want to give Harry's a go? Start your subscription with a trial set, which includes a weighted ergonomic handle, their new five-blade razor cartridge, rich lavering shave gel, and a travel blade cover to protect your blades on the move. And for a limited time, if you go direct to harrys.com forward slash united, you'll also receive a free travel-sized shower jam. All of this is worth £14.50, but you'll pay just £4.95. So get the comfortable shave that you deserve. Head to harrys.com forward slash united to claim a trial set for just £4.95. You'll also be supporting our podcast by doing so. Again, head to harrys.com forward slash united today. Welcome to Late United We Stand podcast. I'm, I'm in Milan. I'm at my friend Alexio's apartment, which is quite close to San Siro in the, the west of the city. And, well, it was a beautiful sunny day yesterday. And today it's just started raining as I arrived. I've not got much further to go now to go to the game in an empty stadium, in the best stadium in the world from the outside. I'm sick of myself saying that now, but I stand by it. Uh, I don't think there'll be any other British journalists here because of the, the quarantine issue. Manchester United against AC Milan. And it's a big ma- it's a big match. It's a big story, whatever happens here. United going through will be a big plus because it's a big test this match. And United going out will be a big story as well. But I've come to, to visit Alexio. I've known him for a long time. He's had a, a season ticket in San Siro since 1986. It cost him about €350 Euros a year. He's seen the best in the world and he's seen some of the worst in the world. He's got various tattoos and one of them is, have you just shown me, um, Herbert Kilpin, he's the man from Nottingham who founded AC Milan. And welcome to joining us again. I know we spoke a few weeks ago (laughs) on on the podcast, but I feel like I want to ask you some more questions having visited you at home and seen the, the thing from your seat from the 2003 Champions League final when you were in Old Trafford. Uh, you've written a book on Zlatan. You've got a big picture in, in your flat of, of the curva and you remember that curva for many years. You've travelled home and away with Milan sure. for years and, and years. And I'm just describing some of the other things that I can see. Who's that scoring the penalty at Old Trafford? Is that Shevchenko? Yeah, he was. And it's signed... So, yeah, that's 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 uh, Sheva Sheva's sign and also Gattuso's sign. And these guys are heroes to you, Shevchenko and Gattuso. Sure, you know, Shevchenko mainly because uh, gave us the biggest uh, moment of happiness in our life. I guess. I mean, serious issues, serious things in lives are other stuff. I yeah. mean, children, your family, and so on. But talking about uh, silly and. Uh, Moments of joy in life related to football, for sure, that was our uh, biggest moments of joy in life. When Sevchenko scored that penalty, it was not just winning the, winning the Champions League, but it was beating Juventus, which is mainly, obviously, one of uh, our greatest enemies. But remember, before we beat Inter, 
So it was like, you know, the perfect. The so perfect. you've knocked Inter out and then you've knocked Juventus out. So if you say the word Manchester to Macy Milan fans, it tends to mean 2003. Sure. Uh, paying all the respect to the great Man United, but if you, if you say the word Manchester, we think about 2003 for sure. You've got a brilliant vinyl collection in your house, you. <laughs> including many British bands and, and the Stone Roses. What's the picture next to Shevchenko? Is that Maldini on the floor? The guy with the blood yeah. on the shirt? No, yeah. that was Combin. Nestor Combin, which who was a, a French-Argentinian football player. When we played uh, against Estudiantes from La Plata, yeah. you remember in that, in, that year, in that years, you played first leg here, yeah. and uh, then you, get, you play in South America. We won here like 3 to nil, And there it was like just, you know, uh, uh, I mean, it was like uh, a fighting. Yeah. And, he, and the, guy, the guy was... Uh, born in Argentina, then he'd, he moved to, Fran to France, and uh, it was all you know, uh, chased all the game by the, all, all the Argentinian players wow. and beaten. And that picture is uh, quite a famous picture in AC Milan history. So I've not seen this picture before, but no, he's, he's covered in blood. Yeah, so this is from the game in, in, you know, you know in La Plata. You know what? You know what? After the game, the Argentinian police took him. Because they say he didn't serve the country in the army, and uh, and the, the squad, the, the the club, sorry, uh, was ready to take the flight to get him back to Milan. Really? And they waited for him and called the embassy because uh, he was in prison. Which year was this? It was 1969. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I never knew this. And uh, we wrote a book about it. We call the heroes from Bombonera because you know that you know from Estudiante um, uh, is uh, is playing in La Plata, but that game they played in Bombonera because it was bigger. I've been to La Plata twice to see uh, Juan Sebastian Varon. Ah, okay. And, to uh, see Estudiantes? Yeah, I've seen Estudiantes and I've seen Bocca. The, the father from Varon played that game. He did. He did played the, the witch. And um, now Estudiantes and La Plata has got a bigger stadium than the Bombonera, but we're going way too sidetracked here. Milan knocked Manchester United out in the semi-final to win yeah, it know, to win in '69. Controversial game, so we're not going to talk too too <laughs> much about that because I'm really enjoying being here. But I didn't know that the military police nearly called up an Argentinian uh, Milan player. So yeah. if they would have done, I mean, he would have fought in the the, the Malvinas, the Falklands War sure. against England in, and 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 not England, the UK, and, and Allied Forces in in 1982. And then Zlatan, you've done this book on Zlatan. What, do, what does he mean to you? And what does him coming back mean mean to you? You know, the book is not exactly about Zlatan. And uh, as we talked before, it's in Milan from uh, 2012. Really had this downshift period, downshift era. And um, it's like a circle. It started when Zlatan went away and he... I hope it's over when starting getting back to us. So it's about the book is about all the season, all this horrible season we spent without him. And we hope things are getting get a little better since he's come back. We we'll see this night or how it's gonna be. He's I guess maybe he's playing not not all the club, or not all the, all the match, maybe a part. And um it means a lot because um, you know we had 
so many champions during the 80s and 90s and so on, from uh, Baresi, Maldini, Van Basten, Gullit, uh, to Kaká. And maybe Zlatan with Thiago Silva was our last champion. And now we just got uh, an older champion, Zlatan, and maybe we have also some really good players like uh, Kasi and uh, Donnarumma, our goalkeeper, but they're not really champion because to be a champion you have to win something. Until if you don't win something, you're not a champion. So Zlatan represents, you know, uh, when it's like it's like when you have a girlfriend in your high school and uh, uh, whom you're in love with, and you met her some ten years, uh, and you say, oh, we can still have together. You know, it's like something like that. You got that feeling, you know, that the kind of magic in the in the eyes. I hope. I don't know. Everybody will be listening to this after the game, so we're not going to talk too much about the game, but are you confident of going through? No, I'm not. I'm honest, I told you before, and I always be honest with that. Uh, I, I was very pleased about the way we play in Manchester. I was surprised, uh, and, uh, but uh, I still think that Man United is stronger than us honestly, and uh, we have such a shit attempt tonight because we have so many played injured. We have, uh, uh, I guess, uh, Rebic is out. Ibra is not starting from the beginning. Uh, Leao is not playing. Mandzukic is not playing. So we have like a striker is uh, Castillejo, who is it's not, it's not, it's not even good where he's actually playing. Imagine playing as a striker. So it's not, it's not even fair. I mean, it would be a, a good game if we, can, uh, if we could play with our um, I mean, average team, you know what I mean? But we're not playing even with our best players. So, uh, no, everything can happen in football, but I'm not confident at all. I've been writing this week about a game in 2005, Manchester United, AC Milan, last 16, Crespo scored. Yeah home and away and years later I went to see Crespo in Modena and he's, he's like a really posh Italian guy he's from <laughs> an upper class background and he was, he was very friendly and he was the star of a, a Milan team where you can just name them all they're just world class players yeah. throughout you're the best you won, the, you won it in, in 03 you got to the final in 05 in, in uh, I forget which city was in I forget who you played in in 05 and then you won it again in 07 mm-hmm. and that team of absolute world-class players. But that 05 game, the Curva unleashed, unfurled this huge banner, 80 metres long, I've got a devil in me, and then behind you had like 12,000 people holding up this big red, white and black red devil. You were in the Curva that day. How did something like that get organised? And we had 10,500 people. It's actually the biggest ever away following for Manchester United in Europe. And we were at the other end, and, and I was marvelling at it. I was thinking, wow, I'd love to do, to do something like this. You know, it was a, it was, it's a, it's the ultra culture. I mean, there is a good side and there's a bad side. The good side is when you have, uh, you know, something like, something like that. I mean, uh, it gets a lot of organisation behind this. It's not like you just the day before. You start working to something like this weeks before. And, uh, Who does the artwork? You must, there must be artists involved. Yeah, we have uh, we have uh, we have someone uh, which uh, who was, uh, uh, I mean, as you said, the artist uh, guy in the in the curva, 
who got idea and uh, starting organizing and uh, it takes a lot of people working on it for many days and that was one of the best we ever done I guess in uh, in, uh, in the years of Cuba. so you knew who this guy was yeah sure he, the name was Pedro which means Peter in English and he was a wise guy and uh, when you think about someone come from the ultra culture you might you might think about someone you know with the tattoos and bad looks and uh, bad behavior he was such a smart guy really well-educated, uh, such a nice person. And um, unfortunately, he died for, uh, in, a, in, a, in an accident. And he's, he's such, such a, you know, I'm so sorry about that because it was, uh, it was so nice. And I got a memory about him because in 1993, we played in Ancona, which is a town in the middle of Italy. And... Uh, I went to the station to take the train and I was just a kid. I was like maybe 20 or 19 and he was like, and I was like, uh, please, I don't have the ticket. And, uh, and so he said to me, it was one of the, I mean, the bosses of the curva and he was like, okay, stay there, wait a minute, wait a minute. When all the people go away, went away, he was like, okay, take the ticket. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm happy about that because that was last time Marco Van Basten scored for Milan. It was the last time. I saw last, last game Van Basten played in San Siro against Roma. I saw last time Van Basten scored. It was in Ancona. And then last time Van Basten played, it was in uh, Munich against uh, Olympique Marseille. And so it was nice because I was just a kid and I noticed when he said, okay, take the ticket to see the game. And to go to Ancon is like a, a five or six hours train trip. So it was nice from him. Some of the other players who you've mentioned surprised me a little bit because Milan have hit the heights, but you've also been relegated a couple of times. And uh-huh. you mentioned Mark Haley's name, big English striker. Sure. And he was a hero. Yeah, yeah, he was a hero. It was not the year we, we got relegated. That was Jordan, Joe Jordan in the 1982. Joe Jordan came from Manchester United. Yeah. No, but we... we um, 84, I think, Joe. We, I we, gave, uh, we, we bought uh, Jordan from, I guess, was, he was playing my United or Leeds? He was playing for United and... Before, before us? Yeah, okay. he, he went from... From Leeds to United and then to us. And because it was like 1.4 million, it was a lot of money. And United just accepted straight away. Joe was the only player in my bedroom on the wall as a kid. Sure. I loved him. <laughs> I loved him. He was my hero when I was a kid. I mean, when I was like, I was like nine years old, I guess. And, uh, and you say, you say Mark Carthley. Yeah, we're really, really... I mean, it's important to us because... Uh, he scored a goal against Inter in a derby. Uh, we we didn't we went win the derby for like six years, and so he scored a goal. We won the derby for two to one, and so he's still a hero for, to us. Even even he just played for Milan just three years, and uh, the first year was really really good because he just scored I guess like uh, seven goals in the first ten uh, games. Then get injured, if I can remember. But yeah, it was, you know, the last Milan before uh, the Dutch players came and changed our history. Because the, after Italy, we got Italy and Wilkins, which is a Man United glory, isn't it? Isn't it? And uh, we, I think Wilkins was the one who went for the, mo- the most money, actually. 
Uh, oh, I can't okay. remember, but yeah, they, they both went for a lot of money. Mm. And, uh, and after them, we, we got uh, Van Basten and Gullit, which are totally different class players, obviously. This is a Manchester United podcast, but I've got to clear up something. I remember a few days after the Hillsborough disaster, sure. watching football midweek, I think it was the semi-finals of the European Cup, when the Milan of Hullet and Van Basten were the best team in the world. And was I really hearing San Siro sing You'll Never Walk Alone a few days after? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, we pay our respect to the victims of Hillsborough disaster. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, we used to, like, like Celtic fans do too, we used to sing uh, You'll Never Walk Alone until Istanbul. Really? Yeah. We used to say all through our year, we were the only Italian team, all supporters, singing You'll Never Walk Alone. And um, then, when we were beaten by Liverpool in, in Istanbul, we stopped <laughs> singing it, and you guess why. Manchester United used to sing it as well, actually. Really? Really. In, uh, when? In, in when? the 70s. In the 70s? Yeah. And why it became a Liverpool song? I know that the, 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 the band... Yeah, we're, we're from Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, I think it was from the musical Carousel as well, and it just became, I suppose, to symbolise Liverpool Football Club, mm -hmm. and just became their song. But I know that Celtic sing it, and I've heard it before. But that night in San Siro was specifically because of Hillsborough. Sure. And how, how does that start on the curve? Something like that. Because the, you know. Curva is not like uh, what happens, or maybe happen in the in the English hands. I mean, it's not like spontaneous singing. There's someone, or maybe just two or three guys starting the chants. So you have to follow them. They're the uh, leaders. Yeah, the leaders. And uh, so that day, uh, you know, the, the funny thing is that that there was the the minute, the minute silence, and during the minute silence. Uh, the guy, the leader, starts singing it. Ah, so it was during the minute silence. Yeah, it was, wow. it was something that, you know, it's, it's, okay. it's, it's different because uh, the referee uh, was supposed to start the minute silence. He forgot to do it so that the game started and the referee says stop. And after the game started, it was like, okay, now we do the minute silence. So it was, it was not like singing during the silence. It was like uh, something mixed together. You know what I mean? Because and the whole stadium sang it? Mainly the, because it's, it's not easy to it's sing. English, yeah? It's yeah, English. It's, it's English. But, you know, for uh, people in the Curva, you know, the, uh, I mean, uh, it was easier because everybody knew what, uh, you know, what Cologne was to all the rest of the stadium. But it was not so easy. But, you know, Curva is like 10,000 people. So it was lousy. Enough lousy to, to be heard. How does Istanbul affect the psyche of, of Milan as a club? I've just found in my research this week, um, I came across two opinions which stuck out. Alex Ferguson saying he was watching that game on holiday and he couldn't believe how stupid you were. Uh -huh. Roy Keane was watching the game on holiday. Before Keane came to Milan to go on a diet, we already paid a lot of money, to basically be told you're not eating any food for three days. <laughs> his mum told him off because he lost all of his weight, but their professional view was you really fucked it up 
No, we fucked up. But you know, it, it's quite crazy to say that. But it, it was worse for us to win in 2007. Because in 2005 we lost, but we were a great club. And we, we were still a great club in 2006 and 2007. But when we won in 2007, we should refresh the team because we have great players, but at the end of their, you know, their career, like Inzaghi, like Gattuso, like Pirlo, we had great players, but at the end of their career. And when you, when you, when you win, it takes courage to say, okay, you have to sell these guys and buy other guys. You know what I mean? Huh? It's easy to say, okay, we won, we, we will keep these guys. So I think it was worse. I mean, it was a great achievement, but it was worse for us because we kept all these players for many years. When in 2005 we lost, but we had a great team. And, and so, I mean, we take our revenge. That's good. I mean... I'm just opening my computer up here because... Um... United played in Los Angeles a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and I wrote a piece about the fall of AC Milan and I spoke, while I was writing it I got a message off Jamie Carragher so I thought, sure. Jamie can you help me I'm writing a piece uh, about these games it was quite interesting what he said about the matches um, nah, this is interesting the 2000 and Milan side were better their midfield was the key Pirlo, Gattuso, Seedorf and Kaká I think the secret to their success was Ancelotti changing the system to a midfield diamond to suit the players. He'd been brought up on the 4-4-2 of Arrigo Sarchi. And then Carragher said, we couldn't believe we were even there. We couldn't believe we were on the same pitch as, as this team at half-time. And then you had this absolute nightmare. But then he says, in 2007, Kaká was much improved but nobody else was better. No. And we actually looked at that match as a major opportunity missed. We went into the final confident. They didn't have Crespo. They didn't have Shevchenko. And obviously Milan, uh, Milan won the game. So I thought that was interesting that he thought the reverse of the actual results of that, That's true, that that's match. true. Because in 2005, we were a better team, surely. I mean, we, they, they just played seven minutes. But that's football. That's football. In 2007, maybe they were better than us. But uh, we were more hungry, I think. Touch finally on a, a couple of sort of fan culture issues. Um, the ultra scene was very popular here. A lot of the casuals in the UK still wear brands that come from this country. CP mm-hmm. Company, um, Stone Island, Armani. Are they big in Italy? Um, or, or, or is it like loads of people outside the UK love Aquascutum and Burberry but not so much within the country uh, well Armani is not a, uh, a brand for ultras I mean Armani is uh, I mean the highest uh, is an expensive brand at all it's mean, it means luxury in Italy I know you went to, to have a Lunch in a Hermani restaurant, and you know, it's an expensive place. I had a, a bowl of fruit in 2018 in the Armani Hotel, which cost me more than the hostel, yes, hostel I'd stayed in the night before. Sure, Armani Sorry. means luxury in Italy. And, uh, and Stone Island and PC Company are popular in the Ultras community, but not 
because there are Italian brands, but because they are brands that are used by English firms. So even though these clothes are from Italy, you look to the English casuals. Yeah, not me because I'm outside that we're from 2005. So, but young, younger lads who are into that scene. Yeah, they know, maybe they don't even know their Italian brands. I think. And, and they're made very close to here. And then music. Um, I like the Italian house scene of the what, late 80s, 90s. That was very big in, even in Manchester in the Hacienda. Some of those songs came out of Italy. But I look at your record collection and it's full of English groups and American groups. Sure. Are you produce, is, is Italy producing its own top music? Yeah, sure. Genres, yeah? No, for sure. We have a, a huge uh, music culture in Italy. I have a, a lot of Italian re- uh, recordings and uh, I guess you, you would like not to listen to. But, um, I mean, yeah. But I, I, I love music, so I, obviously I love a lot of English music. Uh, that, that's for sure. I mean... Not necessarily coming from Manchester, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not just coming from Manchester. And then I feel like I've grown to love Milan as a city. I really like coming here now. I've just cycled right across the city. And a lot of United fans who come here, they just can't understand it. They, they feel lost when, when they come here. Um, are they not seeing the, the true Milan? Is this a great city or is it a city of commerce? No, I think Milan is a... I mean, I mean, Milan is like uh, Milan is like is like a girl. You have to take your time to know her. You know, it's like like I mean, if you go to Rome, Rome, honestly, not because I'm Italian, but honestly, I think it's the most beautiful city in the world. It's so beautiful. You just get there and, and you're like, wow. You just you know, love it at the first sight. You know what I mean? I mean, and um, Milan is not like this. You have to take your time. You have maybe to feel the uh, I don't know the, the, the kind of uh, vibration it's got it's a, and it's a beautiful city too I suggest everybody coming here to spend two or three days because you have plenty of places to go you have plenty to, to plenty of shops to shop plenty of museum to see it's a, and it's you know, it's, not, it's near to the sea, it's near to the mountain, near to the lakes. Come here and uh, you will enjoy it. I'm, I hope so, at least. Sounds like you're working for the Milan Tourist Board, but... I, 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 <laughs> no, I, like I, really, to... I really love my city. I mean, it's not like... But, you know, it's not, it's not like this, because uh, uh, it's somehow, I think, uh, uh, Milan is somehow similar to Manchester. I mean, cities, maybe they are not so uh, popular, elsewhere uh, like uh, their capitals like Rome or London but uh, have um, as, um, a lot of I don't know um, they have their own identity you know as Manchester is not just famous for football reasons but you said before just for also for music and different reasons even Milan is uh, famous elsewhere in the world because if you think about fashion in Italy you don't think about Rome or you think about Milan if you think about media, you think about Milan and so on. And it's still a big fashion place, and all the models still live here. Is a yeah. Is a is not a kind. I mean, it's not uh, the side of Milan alive. I I love. I mean, I don't love my city because uh, uh, twice a year you have all these uh, models <laughs> walking around the streets. 
but yeah, that's uh, one of the biggest uh, business here, fashion for sure, because all the you know labels, famous labels in um, Italian labels like we say Marmani, but Gucci, Versace, and so on, they are all business here, based here. And I remember in 2015 going to interview some Juventus players, and I I went to watch an away game at uh, Sassuolo, okay. and. I waited for them outside the changing rooms and they all came out in these beautiful suits of, of Trussardi, I think they were. Uh-huh. And it was striking how well they'd been cut. And I spoke to a friend of mine uh, in the city and she said, we know which fashion company supplies each club. So you would know that Milan is with Gucci, for example. Uh, we were, we were, we, we, we had Diesel, I think, yeah. last year. I'm not, I'm not sure which the, we have right now, huh? And uh, we had Diesel. Yeah, because Paul Pogba wore this suit with, with uh, training shoes, so uh-huh. that's what I remember, and <laughs> so did Patrice Ever, and these were the guys who I was taking notice of, and then Paul Pogba ended up coming to Manchester. That is another story, and we'll discuss that another day. I'm going to walk now to the San Siro.